We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter, and it's Wednesday, so we'll we'll be taking a look at the Thanksgiving slate, right? NFL three game Thanksgiving slate. Got three separate games. You can play the showdowns, obviously, of those three games. Uh, I don't know what you guys are doing for Thanksgiving. I'm going up to my mother-in-law's, right? Me and my wife and whatever. They have a whole bunch of kids. Every, I don't know that they have so many kids. I don't know who's is who's or whatever and what, whatever. It's just a, it's a mess going up there. I don't know what, having some turkey, right? Having whatever, whatever you normally eat on Thanksgiving. I see you guys in the YouTube chat, right? Give me those thumbs ups on your way in the door. What are you thankful for? Are you thankful for this show? I'm not. I'm not thankful for anyone here, Right. I'm thankful for this for the smart people in the chat. That's, that makes up 99% of the chat of the YouTube chat. So I'm I'm thankful for you guys in uh, Max Coach and Matt Mears and Daniel Hutchings and Joe Mack and Suki Singh, right? Not here as early as as, as normal. Josh Duck, Apocalypse, Steve the producer. Thankful. What are we thankful for? Uh, thankful that uh, get get some time off. I'm, I'm going to be. Uh, uh, just programming note, programming note, uh, tomorrow I will be on, uh, th- this show won't exist technically, but it will be uh, the pre-lock show with me before the Thanksgiving slate. So that's going to be like, I think 11.45, I guess. I don't know. They don't put a time on the schedule. I think it should be 11.45, 45 minutes before lock, right? 12.30 lock, 11.45. 
you know, pre-lock show before, before then. So you can see me tomorrow then. And then Friday, there's no pre-game show. Friday, just Thanksgiving weekend, Thanksgiving, whatever. No, nothing on Friday. And then we're back to the normal business the following week. But uh, we do have a Thanksgiving day slate. Uh, it's it's never the greatest like slate, like because you always have like the, the Lions on it, right? I mean, like you have some of these teams that are not necessarily good. Typically, there's one game out of the three that you look at and you go, oh, and I think that's the Bears and the Lions. Uh, the Cowboys Raiders games looks to be the, the better of the games uh, as far as the total is concerned. I mean, we have a uh, Chicago Detroit total is looks around what just over 40 uh, Cowboys Raiders is over 50 and uh, Bill's Saints is around 45 or so. Uh, if you're playing large field GPPs in on Thanksgiving, if you, if you simulate it out, we've done this in the past, uh, shorter slates, in NFL, super stacks are more valuable. Super stacks, super duper stacks are more valuable. Only because there's only so many people to choose from and uh, too few of the field, too less of a percentage of the field over stacks. Like a lot of people will stack. It's hard not to stack when there's only three games, okay? It's hard not to. But if you're playing the large field, especially on, on Thanksgiving, where you got a lot of casual people playing and in DraftKings puts out really big contests, okay? My, many people are going to pick a lot of like the, the Raiders-Dallas game mixed with David Montgomery, right? Mixed with DeAndre Swift, right? Something like that. Maybe they maybe they play it, stack a different game, but they still take, you know, receivers. If CeeDee Lamb isn't in, they're taking Cedric Wilson, like, it's going to be very chalky types of lineups, but how do you play the chalk and still have a, and still have a, have a contrarian lineup by playing a lot of them together. So super stack lineups in large field GPPs have, have the highest expected value. Of course they have the highest variance. Okay. So essentially you're betting on one game or one team to go significantly over. You want you, I'm going to overstack the, the, the Cowboys. I want them to put up 43 points. I want the Bears-Lions game to be 17 to, to three. I want the Buffalo-New Orleans game to be 10 to six. And then you go, they, you won. You win. Or the complete opposite. You, they, the Bears put up 35 points. The Bills put, the Bills go, the Bills-Saints game is 43-26. And the Cowboys-Raiders game ends up being, you know, 16 to 13. Like something like that. You want one of the games to be like the outlier game and you have like all the pieces. The rest of your competition, your opponents have some of the pieces, but you have all of the pieces. So you overstack. Doesn't mean you can't build other lineups. I'm not, I'm not saying other lineups can't win. But I'm more likely in large field GPPs, probably even small ones, I guess, but large ones definitely to overstack only because it's hard it's hard to like do singles like, okay, we're going to let, let's set up, for instance, we don't have ownership going. Like to do a normal type of stack of where you're going like, you know, quarterback with two pass catchers. Obviously we can include a running back in there also. So let's just do two of those. And then, then a one, one run back, right? A lot of people do the three, the three plus one. So we did that. Let's say I'm just going to build, build a hundred lives, right? Make sure my build rules are just one. I'm going to leave up. Also, one thing you could do is leave a ton of money on the table, right? Don't feel compelled to 49.9 or whatever. No, whatever it is, it is. So if I build 100 lineups with just a, a combination of our, my main part of my lineup is three plus one. You're going to see that your lineups, are, even if you're taking the Lions, even if you're taking the Bears, it's still going to contain a lot of chalkier players. We don't have the ownership currently that should be updated later today but you're gonna see montgomery swift you're gonna see obviously we have cd lamb in our projections here we don't know if he's gonna play we have kamara in our projections because he's questionable so we're not, we're not gonna know about an ingram or do we play ingram do we play cedric wilson if lamb's not in but look it's like here's the top lineup that's projected based on our gridiron iq projections Carr, jacobs renfro waller Okay, that's four, right? Plus one. And then you get uh, Ezekiel Elliott. 
Then you have Traquan Smith, Emmanuel Sanders, David Montgomery, and the Bears defense. Like that makes sense, right? You're almost see a four plus one, a, a one plus one stack, and then the, the running back defense. It spends all five thousand. This is going to be duped. This line, this exact lineup, will be duped, like duped, duped, probably multiple times, maybe oh, maybe twenty times, maybe thirty times. Right? We take a look at this: Carr, Edwards, Waller, Jacobs, Jacobs, Bills, Beasley, Lamb. Still contains like you still. It's like okay, we're going to stack one game and then try to stack the other game and then have a piece of everything, where it may be more beneficial to overstack. So you're going to play like four or even five plus two, right? So one, two, three, four, let's, let's, let's do five plus two or even five plus three. If we wanted to quarterback with four, four teammates, let's do three. Let's take a look at what, what it looks like. If we do basically a four plus three, which includes the running back also. So you go four and two on the other side. You can even do three on the other side. Let's do three on the other side. So essentially you just, you're stacking both sides of the game, three guys from both sides and choosing one of the quarterbacks. We have a hundred lineups like that. You're going to see that the lineups look kind of similar, kind of similar, but the combination of the players is going to be much lower owned in total. You're going to see, okay, well, you have Prescott, you have the, you have Lamb, you, know, you, have, you have Carr, you have Waller, you have Renfro, you have Edwards. Then you have the other side of the game. And it's like, oh, what's the difference? It's like, well, many people aren't going to have all of them together. So here's the top one. Prescott, Wilson, Lamb, Schultz. This is with it, even if, if Lamb's in. So you still play Wilson there. Prescott, Wilson, Lamb, Schultz. And you run it back with Jacobs, Renfro, and Waller. And then you have... David Montgomery and the Bears defense. Like it still contains a lot of the a lot of the players that showed up before. It still contains that. But are people going to have all these all of these players together? Not as many. This, this, this lineup may not end up being unique, but maybe under th under three, under five. Right? Instead of Renfro, you play Edwards, you leave money on the table. Is 500 on the table? Is there any? I mean, I didn't I didn't set a cap on the quarterbacks. So salary low to high, like here's 47.8, right? It looks very similar to the other lineups. It's just, uh, you know, you're leaving more money on the table, right? You can play any of these lineups. Obviously, the, since the Raiders and the Cowboys game projects the best, you're going to get more of that game. So let's let's cap the quarterbacks. So we have, we have uh, what, we have... Uh, Six quarterbacks, three games. So when you cap it at what? What, what? what does that turn out to be? 17%? 17 times six, does that work out? Quarterback max exposure, 17. I mean, we could do 20. It's going gonna, it's gonna to give me all the quarterbacks. But it's 17. Put 4,000 salary floor. So now I want to see what, Al, what Allen lineups look like, what, uh, what Fields, Dalton lineups, who's playing for the Bears. Is Goff going to play? Is Boyle going to play? I mean, what, what do we have in? Right, we have we have Jared Goff in because he's questionable, right? Any questionable tag we keep in our projections. We have Simeon with Taysom Hill. You're probably not playing Taysom Hill, right? It's probably going to come up when I when I run this, but the, 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 those lineups are going to be projected way, way low. So I'm going to build, build 100 lineups. With these super, super duper stacks, four plus three. People think, maybe rightfully, on a main slate, like if you're playing like an 11 game slate, Sunday slate, 12 game slate, well, four plus three, these types of lines, you play in a sm very small field. It's like, I just want to get the right game and I want to get as much as out of that po as possible, but I don't have to hit the nuts. So I don't need to get all these like one off guys that, you know, go off. You don't need to get the, the one guy get that goes 40 in one game, right? The Jonathan Taylor last week. You, I don't need that. I need, but you have to realize that on an 11-game slate, there's 22 teams where that one-off could come from that you'll need for a large field GPP. On a three-game slate, there aren't, there aren't as many options. 
So on 11 game slate, you have all these receivers, all these running backs. You have the cheap guy, you know, a guy that goes five for a hundred and two touchdowns. And it's like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't play a lot of that game because there was 12 games on the slate. When there's three games on the slate, every, everyone's being played. Every, everyone is being played. Like they, they, everyone's getting ownership. There's no, like, you're going to, you're going to need that guy. Right. But are you going to just piece them all together? That's what everyone else is trying to do. So super stacking is actually much more contrarian, even though your line, your lineups look like they're owned, but it's just that the combination who's playing all these guys together. So we take a look here. So this is, this is the, this is the main reason why instead of looking, this is the type of slate where you wouldn't, you would care even less about total ownership and more about product ownership. So instead of ownership, some ownership product. Because you have to combine all the players on the same team because it's like, oh, if Lamb's 30% and Schultz is 30% and, and Elliot is 30%, it's like, I'm going to multiply them. You know, it's like, yeah, but a lot of people are not going to be playing all three together. They're going to play two of those three, but not all. So the 30%, like if David Montgomery is 30% and Lamb is 30% and Elliot is 30%, like, they're actually probably going to be more combinations of Lamb, Elliot, Montgomery lineups than there are of Lamb, Elliot, Schultz lineups. You're right. Like, not going to, more people are going to play less Cowboys than three Cowboys. I don't know if I'm even explaining this well enough. The combination of the players is less of, even though the ownership total compared, you know, if you pick different players from different teams, looks the same. Right. So if you pick two bears, two of this, two of this from different games, and they all have the same ownership, some, but one of them is like all the guys from the same game. The one with all the guys from the same game is actually going to be lower. Those people aren't going to are, are going to be less, less likely to be building these types of lines. Okay. So let's take a look at Jared Goff lines. Right. And how much projection can you give up? I mean, you could get a large field on a three game slate. You could give up a ton. Right here, the top one here is 125.78. You could give up like 25 points on this type of slate. You're looking for one big outlier game. That's it. So Jared Goff lineups. So you have Goff, Swift, Brown, Hawkinson, and Montgomery, Robinson, and Mooney. So it's not like you're play- not like you're playing weird guys out of the blue. It's not like you're playing fifth wide receivers or third tight ends or anything like that. You're still playing the main guys. It's just that you're playing them all together. Right? We take a look. We take a look. Uh, I mean, you can get most of the same same, same players. But in the la- that last guy, you could rotate through a lot, of, a lot of people. So here, let's go. Let's go. Scroll down. You go all the way to the bottom. I mean, it, it's the, basically the same lineup, just you're rotating flex guys and the defenses, right? Because you're playing Montgomery in all these lineups. You're playing Swift in all these lineups, right? Here's a Stefan Diggs line. Here's a Jamal Williams line, right? Goff, Williams, Hawkinson, Swift, Montgomery, Robinson, Mooney. Then you play Diggs in the Bills defense. And also another thing that you could do is because there's only six defenses to choose from, like don't necessarily play max offense versus defense like pick sixes that's how ceilings get made so a defense could have the highest scoring defense and the opposing quarterback could be the highest the highest uh scoring quarterback also but a lot of people will stick and go well if i played this game stack i'm not gonna i'm not gonna play the defenses why not that makes you a little bit more unique that people are less likely to do that and it's not like a slate. Like if we had a 12 game slate, there'd be 24 defenses to choose from. And defense is a very varying position. So with 24 defenses to choose from, why bother playing the, the slightly negatively correlated defense in, you know, against your own team? You wouldn't only because there's a lot of options. Now there's only six options. And most people are gonna go, I'm gonna stack this game and I'm not gonna play the defenses from this game. And I'm going to play one of the four defenses that are left. Well, what? Well, let's say no, no team scores a pick six. Let's see, no, no team gives up, you know, less than 14 points. 
and all the defenses are there. It's essentially like what three to seven. So what does it matter what, what defense you play? Then? So if you're playing a Lions stack, play the Lions defense. So it's cheap, you get it's the cheapest defense. If they score three, another defense scores seven, it may not even matter. Or maybe the Lions return one. And the, that, that game goes off and like you you have a bear stack. You have your Andy Dalton bear stack. Dalton throws a pick six and then gets the ball right back and throws for 300 yards. I mean, people are going to be not going to be building that as much. But the only, the only reason you could do it on these types of slates and less so on the larger slates is opportunity cost. You don't have that much of an opportunity cost at, at any position on this slate because there's only three games to choose from. When there's 12 games to choose from, then there's an opportunity cost. Why would you play negatively correlated players when you have 100 other options? So let's take a look at what, what does Dalton look like on the other side? I mean, it's essentially, they're going to look like the very similar lineups just with Dalton there instead of Goff. Dalton, Montgomery, Robinson, Mooney, Swift, Brown, Hawkinson. Diggs builds defense, right? I mean, the, you can build so many of these types of lineups because all you're doing is pretty much rotating the flex in the defense. Some of these have like Jamal Williams or they, do they even have a, is like Cole Komet even in some of these? I mean, I guess if you built 300 or something. We already looked at the car and the Prescott ones, right? That's fairly self-explanatory. Those project the best. They're also going to be the higher owned ones. Then have a look like, take a look at the Bills Saints. You have Josh Allen. So here you go. Here's Allen, Beasley, Sanders, Diggs, the three receivers, and then Kamara, Smith, and Juwan Johnson, because Adam Troutman's out. Then you get David Montgomery in the Bears defense. There, I mean, that, that's also a correlation. So you super stack an entire game. Here's one with Allen, Sanders, Knox, Diggs, Traquan Smith, Deontay Harrison, come on. And they got Bears and the Bears and uh, David Montgomery. So it's not like you're playing weird guys. It's not, it's not even like you're playing weird guys. You're not playing fifth wide receivers. You're not playing, you're still not playing that. Here's Moss, right? Allen, Beasley, Diggs, Moss, Kamara, Smith, Juwan Johnson. Then if you, you look on the Trev, Trevor Simeon side, I mean, they look very similar. Like, I mean, very similar lineups because, you know, you're playing seven guys in your lineup from the same game. So here's one with Simeon, Kamara, Smith, Johnson, Beasley, Sanders, Diggs. Then you have Elliott and the Bears defense. If we take a look at just, just uh, sorting by fantasy points, if we go total salary, low to high, some of these lineups, 46-6. Right, the Simeon lineup leaves tons of money on the table. Still projects for 112, 111. I mean, look, look, we built 100 lineups using all of these quarterbacks. The top one is 125. The bottom one is 111. For a three-game slate, for large field GPPs, I mean, giving up 14 points, ain't, that's fine. You probably go, you could go lower. And you're fully correlated. You're betting on games, and less people will be doing that. So I just want to I just want to show this. Doesn't have to be four plus three. No, it could be. I mean, experiment with the different types. I mean, it could also be you're not stacking a game. Let's say one of the teams just completely obliterates the other team. So like, oh, I'm gonna st I'm gonna stack up right the Cowboys Raiders game, and the Cowboys go out and just put up you know 47 points, and the Raiders are just sitting there with three points. And you have all these Raiders in your Cowboys lineups and you're sitting there going, great. Everyone with the Cowboys wins, but if you have the Raiders, they suck. Well, then why not build those lineups? Let's say we do that. We get rid of these runbacks altogether. We go quarterback and four, four, four teammates with no runback. None of it. Build 100 lineups like this. Of all the teams, because we have the 17% per quarterback, just, just so we could look. How are people going to build lineups? And how could you build similarly projected lineups that people will less will, will be less owned in, in general, in combination? 
So here we go. Here, Allen, Davis, Beasley, Knox, Diggs. No, no New Orleans Saints. Right? The Bills just come out and obliterate them. And then you fit in the, the, the guys that are left, right? So you fill in Lamb, Montgomery, Jacobs. There you go. Josh Allen, super duper stack with no run back. You do the Simeon side, the Simeon side. Let's say the, the Saints just go out and obliterate the Bills. Simeon, Harris, Callaway, Smith, Kamara. No Bills run backs. Let's say we go to Jared Goff. Goff, Swift, Reynolds, Brown, Hawkinson. And then the, the Bears, nothing. Very contrary because people, a lot of people will be playing Montgomery and the Bears defense. Let's say you do play the Bears. Well, here you go. Dalton, Montgomery, Robinson, Mooney, Komet. No run back. Just like, I just, just have that team go off. Then you get Derek Carr, right, against the Cowboys. Like, nope, they just blow out the Cowboys. That's it. I'm just going to take all Carr, Jacobs, Edwards, Renfro, Waller. No Cowboys in return. Or the opposite. Prescott, Elliott, Gallup, Lamb, Schultz. And no Raiders. You're still playing. Look, look, we're still going through lineups where we're not, we're still not playing like weird fifth rich receivers from, from the team, which obviously, you know, some weird guy could go off. We're still playing kind of the main starting players that, you know, will see the field enough. Because a lot of people, a lot of people, what they do is that instead of super stacking, what they do is like, okay, I'm going to play. I'm going to play, uh, you know, you're going to play, I'm going to play David Montgomery. I'm going to play, you know, I mean, they play some of the, some of the, you know, mix and match. And then they go down, they go, maybe this is the game for, uh, uh, you, go, you go all the way down to projection. You go, I'm going to play Foster Moreau at tight end, which yes, I guess he could catch a touchdown. You're right. Or play Malik Turner. I'm going to play Isaiah McKenzie in my life for the, you know, the two snaps that he's out there. Or Marquis Goodwin, assuming that obviously Allen Robinson is there. Like they go down to like these, these ranges. I'm going to play Kaderil Hodge. And maybe he goes at me. You're right. Maybe he has two catches for 30 yards, including one touchdown. Maybe, maybe. Could he end up in the optimal lineup? Sure, maybe. They're like, I'm just going to mix in little Jordan Humphrey and I'm going to mix in Tony Jones. I'm going to play instead of, instead of uh, uh, Kamara is out, and I'm going to play Tony Jones instead of uh, Mark Ingram. I mean, you could. I want to play Jamar Jefferson. Right? You go, you go down to all the way to the bottom where the guys are barely projected. And they say, oh, I'm just going to play a chalky lineup and play two of these guys in every line. And hopefully I get the right one. I don't think that, that's not necessary. These guys, they, you're, you're, giving, you're giving up by doing that five to seven points of projection. And what are you gaining? You're gaining ownership in that spot but you could probably find an ownership product by correlating more than even by doing that, by trying to, I'm going to play all the best plays and then play one guy at 1% owner. Can you do it? Yes. I'm not saying it, it can't happen. But more people will be trying to build that way on Thanksgiving than build with the, with the super stacks. And if you simulate it out historically, I don't think we have the sim uh we may have that up early later today if you're a premium member click on the link in the description get ten dollars off your first month of a roto grinders premium subscription uh in the past we've had thanksgiving slate i think i don't know if we have it this year but every every short slate because we've done playoff slate iqs we've done thanksgiving slate iqs with the small slates like this uh it's always been that uh super super stacks are the hot that are the positive leverage stacks. Like everything, everything else is actually negative leverage. Doesn't mean it does, hey, doesn't mean the super stacks show up and win GPPs more often than the other ones. Just that compared to the ownership of them, they are they're positive. So typically on these slates for GPP, I build, I build this way. Super stacks. And look how many ways you could build those. Like it sounds like. Oh, there's only three games. How, how many ways can you build a stack of one game? Well, are you building three plus two, four plus three, four plus two, four plus one, four plus none, five plus none, five plus one, five plus two, five plus three. Can't do five plus four because there's only nine slots here. One of them is a defense. 
So it's, it sounds like you're limited, but actually there's, there's a ton of different ways, depending on how many, how many players from the other side of the game, how many players from the, paired with the quarterback. It could be, it could be a, the opposite type. It could be a three plus four. You could do the, then the, you could do a two plus three, right? It seems odd. It seems odd to say like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to play the quarterback, but with less of that side of the game, right? Let's imagine you played Prescott, you go, I'm going to play Prescott, Elliott, Lamb, and then I'm going to play three guys from the from the Raiders, Jacobs, Waller, Renfro. It's like, wouldn't I want the three guys to be with Carr? Like, not necessarily. Prescott throws, you know, four touchdowns, two to Lamb, two to Elliott, right? Elliott also has two rushing touchdowns, and there you go. Then Renfro has, uh, you know, nine for 90 and a touchdown. Waller has, you know, is, is five for 100 and a touchdown. And Jacobs runs for, you know, 80 yards, 30 yards receiving and a touchdown. And then, okay. And Prescott has more points than David. And then David Carr. I always say David Carr. That's when I used to watch football. David Carr. Derek Carr. So those, those are still, those are in play. Oh, I'm going to do four plus one. Why can't you do two plus four? You could. So you could see how many combinations there could possibly be. And if you've got, and if you, if, I tell you, download the CSV once once it hits locked. Obviously, you have to wait till after the late game. You'll see that more people will be playing lineups with bits and pieces. They'll stack. They'll stack. You know, with the, the quarterback with two receivers. They'll do stuff like that because it's hard not to. You'll see a lot more lineups that are mishmash types of lineups, which ha have a higher projection. Yes, we do mishmash lineups with just whoever you know, just to play cash lineup. That's fine. This is the highest rejection. It's also going to have the highest ownership. So how do you mitigate that ownership? Well, mitigate it with by over over correlating, by overdoing it, because the opportunity cost of doing so is low. There's people are going to ask, why can't you do that on regular slates? I mean, you can do it on regular slates. It's rare that that's going to be a winning lineup in a large field GPP because the opportunity cost of every position is very high because there's eleven other games to choose from. Right, there's 10, 11, 12, 13 other games to choose from. What's the opportunity cost here? There's only two other games to choose from. There's only so many players to choose from. So let's say I just play eight guys from the same game. Well, isn't it, it, aren't they? Isn't that much? Like, well, what's the opportunity cost? And so instead of playing Cedric Wilson, I'm playing, I'm playing Josh Reynolds. Like, what, what's the opportunity cost there between the two? Well, what happens if he only scores seven points? It's like, okay, well, that can still win. Him scoring seven points could still be in the winning lineup. Why? There's only three games. So I hope you understand that. It's the opportunity cost of doing so is lower on a smaller slate. Going through the YouTube chat, be a short show today. What else can we talk about? And I'm, I'm probably, what, what I'm talking about right now I will probably be talking about again tomorrow. I mean, I'm essentially going to be doing the same show, but we may have information on, on these questionable players. And we'll run some lineups tomorrow at uh, 11.45. Are we doing it at 11.45? I don't know. It's not on the, there's no time on the schedule. I think it's 11.30. I don't have to do an hour. 11.45. Let's call it 11.45. Let's call it 11.45. I'll make it happen. Oh, let's see. Going through the YouTube chat. People are talking about, oh, Game Theory Optimal uh, turkey eating? Thanksgiving strategy? Eat a little today to make room or fill up today to stretch things out for tomorrow. I just say eat whatever you want, right? That, 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 that's my way. Who cares? Eat whatever you want. Eat as much as you want. Uh, uh, Michael Dampier, given how hard it is, seems to get different in a large field for Thanksgiving slate, what do you think about saying screw it? It's easy to get different in showdown. I'm I just explained how you can get different in the three-game slate. Who says you can't who says you can't play both? Who says you don't have to play anything? You don't have to spend time with your family. Don't play. <laughs> right? I'm gonna play. I'm just all I'm doing tomorrow is playing cash on, on, on Thanksgiving. Just playing one cash lineup and then I'm I'm done. I'm going I'm driving up. Don't have to deal with lead the, the switching out 20 or 100 lineups or whatever. Well, that's all I'm doing. Just maybe, maybe I play the eight the eight p.m. showdown. Maybe, maybe I do that. I don't know if I'm going to be home and die. 
I don't have to worry about it. It's Thanksgiving. Fine. You, ha you have the money. You, you make the money on Thanksgiving. I'm just essentially just going to play a, a cash line. Uh, Raul, could someone give an example of how, how to calculate product ownership? Uh, well, product, product. I don't, I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound patronizing or anything. The word product is, is what you get when you multiply numbers together. So just like sum, if I say, how do you calculate the sum? That means you would add the numbers together. How would you calculate the product? You would multiply the numbers together. So you multiply the ownership, the numbers of all the players in your life. If you have 50%, 50%, if 50% of lineups have this guy, and 50% of lineups have this guy, how many lineups have both of those guys? Well, you may not know because people may be playing different ones, but a way to estimate it is multiply the two, right? 50% times 50% is what? 25%. 25% of lineups, possibly, depending on the fa factors of correlation, would have both together, right? Now you have another 50% owned player. 50% times 50% times 50% is 12.5%. Now, the reason why product ownership, ownership product is a better estimator than ownership sum is because the product of the ownership could be lower than the total. So for instance, we have three, we have three, three players in a lineup. Pretend the lineup only has three players. So just, I'm doing it for easier math example. If you have three players, 20% times 20% times 20%. So three 20% owned players. That would be a total of 60. Let's say in this other lineup, I have a 50% owned player a 5% owned player and a 5% owned player. So 55 and five, they're both 60 total. But the one that's 55 and five has much more leverage, much more likely, much more uniqueness to it. It's the same total. Let's, let's make the total even more, right? So you have 20, 20, 20, and then you have another lineup that is 50, 10, 10. So the 50-10-10 lineup has a total sum of ownership of 70, yet it's more unique. 50% player times a 10% player times a 10% player is a lower number than 20% times 20% times 20%. So that's why product ownership, ownership product, when you calculate like that, will give you a better, not an exact, these aren't exact ways to do it. These are blunt ways to do it. But they will give you a better uh, consideration on how unique your lineup is, how lower owned your lineup is as a whole. Do, 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 do. Uh, Michael Dampier, would you be more lenient with rules? I assume you'd almost never play Elliot and Pollard together, but is it remotely possible to play them together? Sure, why not? What is the opportunity cost? That's that's the thing that you have to yeah, you have to consider. Oh, but they're negatively correlated. Okay, that that doesn't mean you can't play them. Just because two players are negatively correlated doesn't you could always play negatively correlated players. You're just sacrificing you're sacrificing you're sacrificing ceiling by doing so. What are you gaining? If you're not gaining anything, then you shouldn't be doing it. But can you gain something by doing it? A lot of times you gain by on by it's, it's lower owned. So okay, you're gaining you're gaining leverage. But what else are you getting on a three games late? The, the opportunity cost of like, well, instead of playing Elliot and Pollard together, I'm going to play Elliot and, and what? Jamal Williams? You could do that. But what's, let's say you play Pollard instead of Jamal Williams. And Pollard scores four points and Jamal Williams scores two points. You actually, you, what was the opportunity cost? There's not that many players to choose from. So the opportunity cost is low. That's the reason. So when the opportunity cost is low, I'm making choices like that. You get you get benefit from making choices that other people aren't going to make because they're confusing 
what you do on a 12-game slate from what you do on a three-game slate. The reason, the reason why people don't will not play Elliott and Pollard tomorrow together is, oh, they're negatively correlated. What, and then they're not doing Because on a 12-game slate, you, that's, that's, that's probably a bad idea to play two running backs from the same team together. It's, prob- it's, it's likely a bad idea. Only because there's 24 other running backs. There's 30 other running backs to choose from. Why are you playing two from the same team? Here, there's what? Six, eight? There aren't as many. But people will treat and build their lineups for a three-game slate like it's an 11-game slate. Now, if, if the field was smarter and they built more like that, then, then we'd have to think the opposite way, right? But that's how we beat DFS. Being better than the market, being better than your opponents. Playing lineups that, that have more likelihood of winning than your opponents' lineups due to exploiting what your opponents are doing that is negatively, negatively affecting them. Well, I can't, I can't play, I can't play uh, the running back and wide receiver of one team and the defense of the opposite team. That doesn't make any sense because people don't realize not enough people realize that points allowed for defense. I don't care. Who cares that much? One of these defensive special teams scores a touchdown. You're going to need that. defense. You're going to need that. Right? Doesn't matter what team it is. Right? You go, oh, David Montgomery catches, uh, you know, six passes out of the backfield, rushes for 100 yards, scores three touchdowns, and, and that, that Bears-Lions game is very close. Why? Because the Lions have a special teams touchdown and, and have a pick six. And you're sitting there going, who the hell would play David Montgomery and the Lions defense? Or, shouldn't you be playing the running back? And, well, you could do that. Why? Because there's only six defenses, these DSTs to choose from. You probably wouldn't do that on a 12-game slate. You still could, you could. It's negatively correlated, but the opportunity cost is much higher. On this slate, coming up, the opportunity cost isn't high. Raul says, so when opportunity cost is low, prioritize raw points. No, when the opportunity cost is low, prioritize being different. Since the opportunity, people will not, do not realize, people, I say people as a whole, sharp players realize that they, what they're going to do is prioritize it. Like Raul, that is what they're going to do. Oh, the opportunity cost is low. Prioritize raw points. That, no, no. That's when, when the opportunity cost is low, that means you don't have to prioritize raw points at all. That's, that's the least. That's why I said that I said earlier, you want to sacrifice 20 points in projection for a lineup in a large field GPP tomorrow? Go for it. 30 points? Go for it. It's a three-game slate. What, what's the, oppor- the opportunity cost is low. You sacrifice 30 points on a 12-game slate? That's stupid. Only because you have so many more options. Why are, you so, why, why are you playing the fifth wide receiver of some team on a slate with 12 games on it? For the, you know, oh, I'm going to play a guy that's uh, you know, seven, there's only going to be out there for seven snaps for, for, for 3,500. It's like, are there other, are there $3,500 players that are actually projected for like five points more than that? Yeah, yeah. So why don't you play them? So instead of playing the 0.1% on guy, you're playing the 1.2% on guy. So what you have tons of you have tons of options to choose from. Here you don't. You only have three games to choose from. Daniel Hutchings says prioritize map lineups. Win a lot of money in short slates this way. That correct. That's essentially what I'm saying. I mean, uh, Daniel's putting it in a much, much more uh, lackadaisical, nonchalant type of way. Matt lineups, right. Lineups that don't project that well. That don't project horribly, but don't project well. I, in the simulations that I've run, over-correlated lineups tend to do that because obviously your lineup as a whole, ceiling-wise, is going to start coming down because you're playing like seven guys from the same game. So when Lamb scores a touchdown, Galloping scoring a touchdown, right? When Elliott scores a rushing touchdown, it hurts the, the four other guys in your lineup. But the difference is that, like, Zeke Elliott's having 14 points in the running back slot on this slate. Maybe the highest running back score. Maybe that's fine. 
right? You, you have to think like that. What's the opportunity cost? It's low. Well, what happens if I don't play David Montgomery? Well, if David Montgomery puts up 32 points, you're probably going to need him. Okay, well, obviously. If David Montgomery puts up 12 points, you may still need him. You may still need him. I mean, like, you know, you'll need 12 points. Can you find 12 points somewhere? Well, on a 12-game slate, you could find 12 points at running back from a ton of other games. Here you can't, right? So it's quite possible that the winning lineup, if, uh, if uh, none of the running backs score a touchdown and none of the running backs have a 100-yard game, What's the opportunity cost of running back? Not much, right? DeAndre Swift has 14 points and he's the highest scoring running back on the slate. And you'll need him. You'll be like, oh, Swift has 14. He has a snowflake above his thing. And he's, and that you, you still need him because you have to fill your, you have to have two running backs. So what's the opportunity cost? So if it's going to be a low scoring slate at running back, so you feel free to play a weird running back. Play a second running back. Play, you know, a second tight end. Oh, people are going to play Juwan Johnson at 2,600. Okay, so play another. Play a, play a, play another tight end. What's the opportunity cost of not playing Juwan Johnson? Juwan Johnson is projected for 6.6. So let's say he scores six points. If you, if you, if you roster another tight end that scores three, what? What much you missed out on three points? Well, there you go. Can you make that up elsewhere? Sure, why not? So the opportunity cost is low. You cannot play these slates. I mean, you can, you'd be playing it badly, but you cannot play these slates as 12 game slates, like Sunday main slates. You have to play them clo more closer to how you think about showdown than you would about how do you think about Sunday classic slates. So if you have that showdown mentality, you'd be better off on uh, on the Thanksgiving slate tomorrow, as well as obviously on the showdowns. So uh, if you got any questions, feel free to post them in the YouTube chat, or I'll be I'll be uh, I'll be on tomorrow. To uh, I mean I'll be answering all this stuff tomorrow also, right? Eleven forty-five. We're going with eleven forty-five. I think Steve, tell Eli we're going for eleven forty-five tomorrow. I think. Uh, Daniel Hutchins says, fun thought experiment. How often does the worst projected wide receiver one put up the best score in a three-game slate versus the 12-game slate, right? Right, if you think about that, that's that's exactly what I'm saying But when it comes to opportunity cost. Like, well, I'm, I'm going to play, you know, Stefan Diggs on this slate, the wide receiver one for the Bills. So, like... If Tyreek Hill was on the slate and Devontae Adams was on the slate, if, you know, we name uh, all the top end wide receivers, if Cooper Cup was on the slate, if we'd start naming all of them, if all of them were on the slate, like one 11 game slate, like if I don't play one of like, one of them is probably going to go off. Well, one of them is going to put up 35 plus points. So the opportunity cost there is high. Oh, I'm going to play, I'm going to play all four K receivers right and pay up at running back or something like that said, okay you better hope that none of none of six or seven high-end wide receiver ones put up 40 points well it's harder to do that when there's six of them eight of them on this slate you got what digs lamb if he plays maybe so it's like so a lot of people are going to be play, playing stefan Diggs, going well he's the highest stealer but what happens if he only scores 14 points do you need him? No. What's the opportunity cost of not playing? Not high, because how many other? It's not like you could play quick. Well, instead of Diggs, I'm going to play Cup or Adams or something like. There's no one like that there. So as long as he fails, like you, you never needed to pay up at wide receiver. Jacob Calloway says we went from marbles to opportunity cost. Huge jump. You missed the marbles episode yesterday. I thought, I thought it was a good episode. If you, if you, obviously most, most of the people currently in chat don't, don't need the refresher on exactly what, what statistics, what, what basic statistics are. But if you want to check that out, feel free to do so. And uh, hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door, way out the door. I will, like I said, programming note, 
I always have to say multiple programming notes because I still get 14 DMs uh, for people that seem to regularly watch the show or listen to the show and don't pay attention. So I, I, I don't know how that works. But tomorrow, 11.45, NFL pre-lock show. So this show will not exist tomorrow, right? This The pre-game show. I'll be here. It'll be the same. It'll still be me. It'll be just me. Won't have a guest. Won't have, you know, Will won't be here with me. Cards won't be. Just be me. Pre-lock show for the NFL Thanksgiving slate tomorrow. And then Friday, there's no, there's no pregame show at all for the holiday show. Uh, so uh, eat, eat a lot if you want. Eat whatever, eat whatever you want. Play whatever contest you want. Play the showdowns. Do whatever you want. Just do whatever you want. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not doing what I want. I have to go to my mother-in-law's. So I'm not even able to do what I want. You know what I want to do? Just sleep in and not do anything, right? Said, get, bring the food to me, right? They're an hour away. So drive the food to me. Just drive. And even then, do I even care? Oh, you don't want the turkey? You don't want the stuffing? You don't want... If you can order a pizza, who cares? It's food's food. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But it's the way to get your family together. Who cares? I see these people already. Whether it's one specific day, why, why do we do this? Why do we do this? I'm the man yelling at the cloud. Why do holidays exist? What does it matter? None of this matters, but have a, have a good Thanksgiving, right? And it doesn't matter to me, but have a good Thanksgiving because I'm, I'm based on society. I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to wish you that, right? So I don't seem like a douchebag, right? Got to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Got to wish you a happy holidays. Drive safely. I got to tell you to drive safely because apparently if I don't tell you that, you're not going to drive safely, and uh, and 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 enjoy yourself. And I'll be I'll be back tomorrow for the NFL pre-lock show. But uh, I, and I'll answer your DFS strategy questions. And remember, Friday, no show. Don't DM me saying what happened to the show. Where's the show? No show on Friday. But I'll be back on Monday to answer your DFS strategy questions as always on the DFS pregame show on RotoGrinders.com. <laughs> <laughs>